Hi there, and welcome to JK We're Rolling, an actual play podcast about three young wizards who attend the most prestigious wizarding school in all of Germany. And my name is Michael Moore, and I am your magician master. And what that means is, you know, I set up the story a little bit, I do some, some narration, some details, I, I put some people in some places, but all of that only happens so that our player characters can interact with those people and places and things and, you know, get to the heart of this and hopefully have fun while they do it. And speaking of our player characters, let's meet our players now. Hello everybody, it's Nadine Kuhn. I play Cecily Mary Naturespring, a pixie elf and arcane sciences mage. Cecily's goal is to figure out how to fly with the wings that she accidentally created herself and... The problem with these wings is they don't fly. Ah, hello there. I'm Sebastian Kinder and I play Eric Miller, a musician, magician with a troubled past. There are still some people who seemingly still can't remember Eric and his name, which is a shame. But yeah, uh, we're slowly hopefully getting to more people recognizing him. At least after all the stuff that happened, I mean, that has to have some impact, right? 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 Please? <laughs> hey, just remember, it's their loss, okay? Yeah, always, <laughs> always their loss. That's what my mama always told me. <laughs> Hi guys, it's me, Lucas Fischer again, and I play Jasper Casper. He is a magician from the non-magical world. He's a professor of tomorrow, and all that Jasper wants is trying to find a place to belong, and I'm sure that we can help him. I'm not. Well, I'm so glad that we could... <laughs> wow. Ouch. Wow. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am sure that we can help all of you achieve your dreams, goals, hopes, and aspirations. So, believe it or not, I've come with a question prepared for you guys about your characters. Like you always do. Yeah, it's, it's like normal. But for us, it's been a very long time since we recorded friends and fans and listeners. So the question is special. <laughs> <laughs> Every question is... So tell me, what is your character's surname? <laughs> <laughs> yes, so my question for you guys today is, I think it's a fun one. What kind of animal would you be if your character was an animal? Hmm. That is a good one. <laughs> well, that's a tough that's a, one. That's a tough one. Thanks. Uh... Sassly, I assume you'd be a, a groundhog or a mole, <laughs> something that lives underground. I think Sassly would be like any kind of bird because, of course, she likes to fly. So everything would be amazing. Whatever makes her fly, even a butterfly would be fine. But she also, <laughs> she took like years ago, actually, she took care of a old big turtle in the Pixie Shire. Her name was Berta, and Berta had an injured foot, <laughs> and she took care of her. So she's kind of also into turtles. She likes that turtles, like, they bring her home everywhere they go. And also, if they don't want to be disturbed by anyone, they just go inside, and no one can come in. Maybe an ant, but they don't. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, she likes her private time, sadly. Like, she has her own room. <laughs> she, so she <laughs> likes the ability to retract herself. And, you know, turtles, they kind of are the... The birds of the sea, right? It's, they kind of look like they're flying. But they can also walk on land. <laughs> so, And they're also the birds of the <laughs> land. <laughs> so, yeah, 
<laughs> so if she could actually choose, she would be a turtle with wings. <laughs> and that, and there you go. That would be the perfect animal. There you go. Perfect. That's amazing. Just it, it's, it's a little bit difficult. Uh, I had to think for, for a few seconds there, actually. I think a fitting animal would be uh, a parrot, actually, because they're pretty colorful. You always <laughs> notice and recognize them. And they're pretty, yeah, artistic in their own way. They can make very many sounds. They can repeat them very easily. Parrot, parrot would be rather fitting, I think. And Sassley would agree. She would be like, yeah, and they have wings. I mean, it totally makes sense. So. <laughs> <laughs> At first, it sounded like Sebastian's argument was because they are pretty. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, they are pretty. That's yeah, fair. of course. That's fair. Point made. I mean, it's subjective, but it's fine. <laughs> I mean, I actually, as, as Lucas, I always wanted to have a parrot, but um, I feel like for Jasper, it's not the right thing. I think for Jasper, because, you know, <sighs> Jasper... He's a family, family man, man, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you know that? He's kind of more. I just had that feeling. Yeah, right. Yeah, you, you know, you get that vibe when you see him. Exactly. There are some animals in particular that 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 have this kind of awareness, like protecting their their. Is it a tribe? Is it a hare? How do you say a herd? We can say a herd. A herd. A herd. <laughs> Flock of sheep. One comes to my mind. Um, the meerkats. Oh my gosh, I thought about that. I promise. I pro I wanted to shout into the microphone, but I was like, no, Nadine. It's probably a meerkat because they are like living in so big groups. Yeah, and you know, you always have some of them like um, getting their heads up very high. And Jasper, you know, he is kind of tall because of reasons. And, um, you know, always looking for danger and warning their family or their head. Nothing wrong about a meerkat. I love meerkats. They're, they're super, they're just so friendly looking. Thank you guys for those for those animals. Got a, a turtle, a parrot, and a meerkat. We should do a one shot where you guys play as a yeah. as a turtle, <laughs> a meerkat, a and a parrot. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not we are not allowed to speak. <laughs> Maybe there's some kind of curse over the castle, and every student turns into an animal oh, man. for one day. This stuff <gasps> writes itself. Well, folks, I don't think we want to wait much longer right now. Our brave and resilient young wizards have found themselves for at least a short time alone in the room with mm. Yazerva, who is currently bound in the inner circle of the ritual that Mildred has set up. Mildred has run out to go grab some potions for everybody to make sure nobody passes out. <laughs> Would be appreciated. So without much further ado... Let's begin this next episode of JK, We're Rolling. Last time on JK, We're Rolling, Yzerdvil stood before us fully in his half-giant form. It was clear that he wasn't going to be hiding as Salamander any longer. We fought hard against him, but just as he gained the upper hand, Cecily decided to spend all of her influence points to ask him what his intentions were. This caused enough of a crack in his emotional defenses to bring the fight to a standstill. I stood before Mildred and wouldn't let her attack until she explained her history with Gizertwe. He was in love with her, but he was also obsessed with something called the Foundation Stone. And when he had to choose between the two, he chose to try to steal the stone, causing him to be banned from Neudrachenberg. 
Eric used the last of his influence points to convince Mildred not to attack Yazadva any further. Instead, he willingly entered the binding ritual. We Shieldless successfully cast the ritual, using Mildred herself as the final ingredient, something that Yazadva truly loved. Now we can finally get some answers and decide what to do with our new roommate. So, Eric, Sassley, and Jasper, you are standing just about in the center of your common room in the servants' quarters. Mildred's just left the room, closed the door behind her, of course, and you are in a darkly lit room. There's hardly a light on. You guys had it dark when Yazadva came in because you wanted to, uh, <laughs> to trick him, to trap him, which didn't really work out how you expected. <laughs> well, it kind of worked, but differently. <laughs> so you are standing between the door and the ritual, and Yazadva is sitting down inside the middle of the ritual. He's just kind of collapsed down on himself, and he just looked at you, and he looked each of you in the eyes, and he said, thank you. Supposedly, for keeping... Mildred from finishing him off and ending this in a non-violent way so that uh, you can all get healed up because it didn't seem that he wanted to hurt you and it didn't seem like he was even able to really hurt Mildred at the end of the fight when he finally had his chance. He didn't do it. So one of the reasons why you can see him is that the front of your couch is on fire. Uh, he hit it with a blast of dragon fire at one point during the battle so there is a little bit of light coming from the flames of the couch <laughs> you see there are scorch marks on the floor Zauberschlag has hit the walls and the floor many times so there's little chips of stone missing here and there the barricades that you built up in the middle of the room were really just chairs and tables and they've started to fall apart and they're kind of like falling onto the ground uh so the room just looks like a mess but Yuzad was sitting there. I think that just went quite well. Aha. Hmm? <laughs> uh -huh. Do you know where the next Ikea is? The next what? I don't know what that is. I actually like it. There's so much more space here now. Okay, we are not thinking about burning the rest of it down. What is an Ikea? Forget about it. Eric goes to collect a few chairs. Just so they have a possibility to sit down, not directly on the ground. As I can see from, from my marks, he is pretty exhausted. <laughs> yeah, I guess we can remind everybody that uh, right now, Eric, you are poisoned and you have one constitution left. Yes. Jasper, you're poisoned but have three constitution left. Sure. I know. You got lucky in this one. I'm strong. <laughs> uh, and Sassley also has one constitution left, I believe. And I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, she's not poisoned, but she's hungry. <laughs> I'm very hungry. Hold on. I guess I have some nuts left. <laughs> Guys, you keep an eye on Yazi and I go real quick in my room and get some nuts. Anyone else? Yazi, some nuts? I get <laughs> it. You're not very talkative right now. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks at you and he's like confused. <laughs> oh, he's been through a lot. I just get them. And Sassley goes into a room real quick to get the, a few nuts. I don't even think he knows that you were serious in that moment. <laughs> so like, what? Um, oh, he's going to see when I come back and <laughs> sit on the ground with them. So Eric, you're able to find, you know, three or four chairs that are scattered around the room and line them up around the ritual however you like. 
it's more like creating a place for all of us to sit together rather than having one share on each side somewhere in northern, south, east, and the west. No. <laughs> but you're all facing into the circle, is that right? So you're kind of in a little semicircle facing in towards Yazadva. Yeah. So it feels like Yazadva is a student and y'all are conducting his college interview. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I had in mind. Not at all, but fine. <laughs> okay. And did you bring a chair for Mildred as well? I did. Great. So the three of you sit and you're facing Yazadva, who looks at you, and you can understand why he is not trying to start a conversation with you at this moment. He looks exhausted. He also only has one constitution left. He's poisoned. He's blinded. Oh, all three of you, I believe, have from him spirit freeze and wand dampener. And... He is also majorly influenced. His brain's been scrambled from your influence spells. He has Kleinus Geshank wrapped around him, and he is poisoned. And not just like a poison like what y'all had on you, like the mama poison, the mama whammy poison. Yeah. So he's sitting there and he's looking at you, but not with any sort of malicious intent. He seems calm now that everything has kind of calmed down. Yeah, he's locked in this circle. If he tries anything, he only has one constitution left, and it would be like shooting fish in a barrel. He wouldn't have much of a chance to stop you guys from taking him down his last constitution. So he's resigned himself to being in the ritual for now. Very good. That's actually fitting for Eric, who just wants to sit, take a breath. That's it. I'm a little bit knocked out in that case. Since Jasper is still so full of energy because uh, he didn't lose any constitution, just saying. Um, he's sitting there and trying to, you know, get things going a little bit. And he's like, so, uh, Cecily, do you think uh, maybe we should just break the break the ice with Yazadva? Hmm? Hey, Yazzy, why did you betray Mildred when you love her? I don't get it. Oh. <laughs> Maybe that's not the start question. Yazadva <laughs> rocks back like you pushed him. <laughs> He's like full body just rocks back from the weight of that question. And he says, I um, thought I might explain myself to Mildred in person when she returns, but I didn't mean to betray her. I, I know I didn't set my priorities straight. I, I was foolish. But it was never my intent to betray Mildred. It never was. And that's why I kept my promise all these years. Sure, 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 sure. No problem. Maybe, maybe, Cecily, we, we start with, maybe we start with some easier questions. So, um, <clears throat> is that the, um, how is it for you buying shirts in your size? Is it difficult? And Cecily looks at Jasper. She's like, I don't get why this is connected to the whole case. But... We'll see. <laughs> we just want to get some lighter atmosphere here. Oh, we are, we are bonding. Friendship. Yes. Yeah, I was wondering that as well. How is it buying t-shirts? <laughs> <laughs> Eric is sitting there shaking his head. I can't help it. Yazerva just had the most personal question you could possibly <laughs> ask him. He is just so taken off guard by that. But he's like, well, where I live in Constance, uh, there's actually... Uh, a tall uh, and long shop that has some selections available, but I still pretty much have to 
custom order everything. So yeah, it's a lot of extra money. Yeah, that sounds tough. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Yazzie, do you know why we cannot move this furniture there from the wall? Well, which, what furniture? The one over there. And Sassley points to the one that they couldn't move uh, earlier. The desk with the, with the mirror attached to the top of it. I like this bonding time. We tried everything. It just doesn't work. Did you do that? He looks over at it and he's, he says, is it super glued? Because that, that is a good question. There's like some really strong like wood glues and stuff out there. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's just a technical thing. Just was writing. I'm pretty strong. I could maybe if I'm ever out of this binding circle, I can try to help you move it. Yeah, that would be nice. Thank you so much. I will remind you then. Thank you. Yeah, sure. No problem. <clears throat> Eric just raises his head like a little bit, like he was leaning backwards. The hat in the back of his neck, staring at the ceiling for a little bit because of all the questions. Like, I don't try to interrupt there. And Sasley sees that and she looks up as well. And she's like, what are they looking up to? What is there? <laughs> but, but now he's slightly turning his gaze forward. Um, you don't happen to know anything about the the elves that came around here or the druids that appeared out of nowhere around here by any chance? As a creature master, you know that he would definitely know what those are. Yeah, yeah. That's one of his specialties. But he replies to you and says, look, I really don't know what you're talking about. I haven't been around on campus i've just been mostly hiding so that sounds like bad news uh-huh pretty bad okay but but that's but that's another another point you can keep going and he leans his hat back again yeah it's so random we cannot move the furniture alps are here they're like some touchstones there's something about a foundation stone and what exactly do you want here other than, like, turning me into a bunny, which, hey, that is not very pleasant. Oh, yeah, but but maybe Yezzy can help us now. Maybe he can turn you back into a bunny and then you can apologize to Bumper. Oh, oh gosh. Ugh. No, I sort of tricked you into that deal, but I, it did help with the class, right? I mean, I was pretty sure that would be helpful. That is it. Yeah, actually, we got a crystal bearer. Oh, you got a crystal bearer? I was crystal bearer my first year in school. Yeah, oh, I that's... actually don't care about crystal bearer stuff, oh, but okay. it actually made us win it's it. It's a cool ceremony, though. It's, it has a lot of history. It's kind of a good thing, but but apart apart from that the bunny thing helped us, uh, the only problem was Bumper after that, and he leans his head back again. Yeah. Hey. Oh, I'm, I'm not doing magic on anybody in this room again. I have had my fill of that and sassly look i really was trying to help and i don't know you don't have any reason to believe me but i would not have turned you into a bunny forever maybe just for a little while because it's kind of funny but not for a not forever <laughs> okay because it's like when you turn into a bunny you have that pink hair and it's like it's really cute so yeah, I actually quite like that, but I cannot speak. It's really frustrating, but thank you no, so much. I understand that. I know. It's like when I'm a salamander, I also can't, can't speak to explain myself. But then you're like so cute. I just had you in my hand and bef I was thinking about punching you, but then we had the idea with the cage. Anyway, I was thinking about <laughs> what is the plan that you have 
What, like you just came here to do exactly what? At that moment, the door opens and in walks Mildred. Oh, of course. Oh, sorry, I had you on a timer. <laughs> in walks Mildred Mulberry and she's like, all right, kiddos, all right. Listen, cure all coolies. They take a little more uh, to make. Okay, like a, a few more materials. So I just made these antidotes because I had extra Snapdragon seeds from our class the other day when you had to count all the thousands of Snapdragon seeds. Oy vey, my headache. Yeah, those are the main <laughs> materials that you use to make antidotes for strong poisons. So here I made one for everybody who's poisoned, and she hands one to Eric, and she hands one to Jasper, and she uh -huh. walks briskly over to the to the binding ritual and takes a moment, looks at Yuzedva and very businesslike, just rolls one along the floor to him. <gasps> the way that the binding ritual works is that non-living materials can be passed between the binding circle, but living things should not pass or it'll break it. Yuzedva cannot pass through the circle. And if you disrupt the chalk circles on the ground in some way and break the circle of it that would also break the ritual so she rolls this very carefully but very businesslike over and she says well i can't wait to hear what this is all about yes and yuzadva looks up at her and he says this is not how i wanted this to happen look all of you i I know that I owe you explanations. The thing is, when I was banished from the school eight years ago, well, Ross, he, he has a special kind of connection to Neudrockenberg, and he can control the defenses to an extent. And you see, it's not the barrier that I can't get through. You know, the barrier that protects this place from kind of magical threats. Uh, I'm... Just like you folks, I'm just a, a person of the material realm and I can easily walk through. But the defenses that keep out non-magical people, he turned those on against me. So every time I tried to find Neudrachenberg again, I would just end up getting lost in the forest and I would end up where I started. I could never find it. So you have to believe me. The only thing I've been trying to do is approach, and then he looks at Mildred. You, Mildred, I just wanted to talk to you and apologize. Oh, I, I, I don't know what I was thinking, but I never returned back to my clan after I was forced out of the school eight years ago. I wanted to keep my promise that I would see you before I decided what else to do. But for eight years, I couldn't find the castle. I could never come back. This year, something changed. You see, every year, on what I know to be the first day of school at Neudrachenberg, I would wait at the edge of the forest, because I know that Mildred usually picks up the late students. Aww, that is so cute. I thought that might be the way to find her, but the Encantoban is very difficult to understand and know where it's going to show up. I was never able to spot her, and 
I always missed my small opening. But then, this year I got lucky. I saw that old Volkswagen coming through the forest, and I turned into the fastest animal I could. I turned into a, a bunny, and I ran as fast as I could in the direction I saw it go. And just like always, the van disappeared, and I ended up somehow walking backwards away from where I know the castle must be. And I was so frustrated. But I, I came back one more time to try. And the strangest thing happened. I was walking towards where I thought the castle would be. And for a second, it shimmered and appeared before me. And I was able to enter the castle grounds. I don't know what happened, but it's like... Something just totally brought down all of the defenses around Neudrachenberg for this one moment. And I was able to enter, so I turned into a salamander as fast as I could, and I've been hiding in the castle ever since, just trying to get a message to, um, to Mildred. But I knew she wouldn't uh, trust me coming here after all these years, and understand how I was able to be here. I don't understand how I'm able to be here. But look, you, 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 you kids asked me about Alps and Drood. I, I, I don't have anything to do with any shadow creatures. I, I don't know what you had to deal with in this past week. And I'm sorry if I made things more complicated. I thought we were just having a first week of school and, and I thought you could help me get to Mildred and I, I should have been Maybe honest, but, well, it was a complicated situation, and I just did the best I could, I I hope. I believe him. But, <laughs> guys, do you think it could... Do you... Th <laughs> it was his heart speaking. No, but, guys, do you think it could have been the moment when Flip disappeared? I think it was. I still don't get how you would have gotten close to Mildred. Then you're here, and then you wanted to put the touchstone on the coffee mug, and then? Well, she heavily guards her door with magic which i know oh um, we know we know but that's a different topic <laughs> eric just takes a short look towards cecily and cecily's like listen to the story listen to the story i listen to that story but sounds like another story another time <laughs> well yeah so i just wanted a safe way to enter and i wanted to be able to approach her on my terms because for me, I haven't been on these grounds for a long time, and I know that if she was to see me and react unexpectedly, I might end up in front of Ross Ehrenmann, and who knows what would happen to me then. I know firsthand I do not have the ability to withstand whatever Ross would be able to do to me, especially while I'm here on the Neudrachenberg grounds, so... I just wanted to be able to approach in that way, but how do you go to... And he looks at Mildred, he doesn't know what to call her. Old teachers, new students, and tell them, Hey, I'm from eight years ago, and uh, I was banished from the grounds. But anyway, it's a, it's a long and convoluted story, and it's hard to explain. So I just thought if you guys thought... I was a student trying to pull a prank. I get a tough situation. No harm, no foul, and I would get my chance to talk to Mildred. I mean, I did try to deliver a, I did deliver a note to her earlier this week, but 
she never responded. Cecily looks to Jasper. Oh, the note, the letter, the love letter next to the flamingo lamp. Yeah, it's a tough situation, I see. Mildred looks over at and she says, For your information, I did see that letter, and I thought about responding. My first impulse was to respond like an old friend. But as soon as I was finished writing it, I knew it was wrong. And I already had the touchstone in my hand, Yezzy. <laughs> what have you done to me, Sassley? I already had the touchstone in my hand, <laughs> Yezzy. Okay, give it a nickname. It's faster. It's more familiar. So, I used that touchstone. And the only reason that my banishing ritual wasn't able to truly banish you from these castle grounds is because these kiddos stopped me. You know, I think I I really don't want to, you know, get into your situation or your or your personal problem that you you're carrying around with. Yeah, it's like a private affair, more or less. Oh, please, Jasper, you know everything. Just ask the question. But now's the time that you can actually talk about it. And I think otherwise it wouldn't have happened. Yes, you go on. Apologize. I think it's the moment. And then you guys just hug it out. Yezadva looks at Mildred and stands up inside the circle. And he says, I told them already, but yes, what they're saying is true. I just came to apologize for not coming to see you that last night. I wanted to. I planned to. But I didn't have my priorities straight. And I, I made the wrong choice. And then... It was all over before I could do anything. I hope you believe me, Mildred. And Mildred looks at him, and she pulls out of her pocket the blue touchstone that you found on your first day. And she says, Then explain this. Touchstone from the Alp. Yeah, he should explain that. His eyes grow super wide. He says, What? That... That can't... What is that doing here? He doesn't know anything. That's one of my touchstones. It's one of his. I would know it anywhere. You don't need to comment that, Cecily. Thank you very much. We are listening as well. So, Mildred says, Oh, please, don't play dumb. Look at this. Clearly your handiwork. I want to know how you're getting those shadow creatures in here. These are your touchstones. Right, kids? Come on. They found it on an alp. Yeah, yeah, they did. But technically, isn't it then the alps touchstone? But we knocked it out first. We knocked it out. Yeah. That... And then we got it. I think that's not the question. Yeah, yeah but we got okay. it. We got it from the knocked out alp. This touchstone was uh, one of the alps that ran through the barrier of the castle. Why don't we give Yezadva the chance to explain himself? Yezadva? What he has to say. Yezadva says, hold it up. Hold it up to the light and let me see. Mildred walks over. Uh, she flicks on a couple lamps in the room. I guess y'all have wall sconces. Um, Ooh, fancy. Old gas wall sconces, yeah. It is. So well, the burning furniture isn't enough anymore. <laughs> All right. I was like, yeah. the whole room is on fire, but we're going to find an extra lamp. <laughs> okay, just a little bit of the couch is on fire. I said it was very dark. So she does that. She walks over to the fireplace and starts a fire there so that the room is quite brightly lit. And she comes back and she says, well, I hope this is enough for you. This, Yezadva, explain this. And Yezadva looks at it and he says, I know this. I know this touchstone. That was a special set. Listen, I, 
like I told you, I, I never went back to my clan after leaving school. I, I was ashamed to go there, and I couldn't come here to talk to you, so I went back to where my father used to live, in Constance, and I... Well, there's a university there. They let me study and use their facilities a little bit, especially when I disguise myself as a younger man, then I can blend right in with the student body. And uh, that's where I continued, and I perfected touchstones. And, well, of course, the idea of a touchstone, it was never able to do what I wanted it to do, which was create an energy signature possible of keeping out certain other magical signatures, like the barrier around Neudrakenberg. But I was never able to get it to accomplish that. The best it could do was copy other already existing magical signatures. So really what they excel at is being a one-of-a-kind unique key to something that you'd like to keep safe. Or you, of course, can reverse engineer them to break in to a one-of-a-kind unique safe. But, well, I only made one touchstone that's reverse engineered that way. And those are the yellow touchstones, which I... And he pulls one out of his pocket, and it's vibrating fiercely. It's very close to the mug. This one is a reverse-engineered touchstone. But most of them I make for banks and museums. You know, people who have very um, high-profile items that they'd like to keep track of. So I remember this set because it's the only one of its kind. You said you found this on an Alp. Have you found any others in the same color? Mm -mm, not yet. So far? No. Well, I think you need to tell me what happened because most touchstones come in sets of two, but I made this for a bank with a very specific request. They wanted uh -oh. four touchstones that could be linked together. I thought, well, it kind of defeats the purpose, but I made it anyway, so those four touchstones are actually linked together. So, from what I can recollect, please um, tell me if I'm wrong. And he looks at Jasper and Sassley for a moment. There were three Alps running through the barrier. Right. Yes. Two of them were heading directly towards the castle. And from what the others told us or spoke about, they headed directly to this room here. Yes. Right? <gasps> Maybe to the furniture that we cannot move. <gasps> Yuzerva's eyes get wide and he says, Wait, Alps got through the, the protections around Neudrakenberg. It shouldn't be possible. Well, they did. One of them tried to attack us, but Bumper helped. Never mess with Bumper. Well, that's good. Bumper's a... He's a solid guy. Yeah, he is, Sasley. Always liked him. Feel terrible. But that must mean only one thing. You see, there is an item in Neudrakenberg... It's called the Foundation Stone, Mildred talked about. Mildred's just sitting on a chair right now. She is listening. She's not believing yet, but she's taking in all the information. She has her ideas about why Yazerdva's here, but she's interested to hear what story he has to say about this. So the Foundation Stone, I researched it while I was in school, and it's what I was trying to recreate. It basically is a extremely powerful item that is the focus and center 
of the protective barrier around Neudrachenberg. It's so finely attuned and strongly held in the material realm that Shadow Realm creatures, they have trouble getting close. They usually can't even get past the very edge of the aura that this stone creates. Well, I was never able to recreate that. The thing is, it takes a very powerful energy source to fuel something like the Foundation Stone, something that I have always assumed must also be here in Neudrachenberg. So, why only could have one theory. You have one touchstone that someone used to get Alps into the barrier. There must be one touchstone on either the foundation stone itself or whatever is powering it in the castle because they would have the same magical signature. And could then slip through the signature that causes the aura. Oh, right. But since it's a set of four, that means that somebody has a third one and is causing this to happen. And they're controlling the other touchstone remotely somehow, which is, I have to be honest, this terrifies me, beyond my capabilities. And I created these things. Someone more powerful than me would have to be doing that. And I guess the scariest thing of all is that there's a fourth touchstone out there that's unaccounted for. So you're all not safe. And Sassley turns to Mildred and she's like, Mildo, that sounds like a problem, don't you think? Mildred is like, she's taken this in, but her eyes got bigger as she listened. And she doesn't have any evidence against what he's saying. Wonderful. She doesn't know what to say in this moment. She's, she was so convinced one minute ago that he was guilty. Now he gives her all this, and she's holding the touchstone. He's in front of her. The touchstone's not vibrating. He doesn't have the other touchstone on him. I don't know how to prove whether you're telling the truth or not. We can roll an investigation, dice. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to you can to be honest Cecily believes it already but i would totally roll it yeah i do you don't believe yeah <laughs> okay can i can yeah. I <laughs> so trusting um i have a four minus one it's a three <laughs> it's a three okay well he is a half giant look at that <laughs> he cool. is telling a wow. story and i look look at him and i listen to it Cecily believes it anyway she ha she talked to him beforehand and she spent so many IP she feels like she has a connection and she doesn't feel like he's lying. It also does it also just does make sense. Just in general as a human listening to it, it just does make sense. <laughs> you're not a human, you're a pixie elf. No, for me, Nadine, as a player, I am a human. I want the world to know. <laughs> I will roll this big D twenty for an investigation roll for Mildred. I've been waiting to use this big D twenty. Ooh. This is a big D twenty moment. And I think this is a big D20 moment. Ooh. I'm going to see if Mildred believes him or not. Uh. Um, so she rolled, a, she rolled a 14. It feels like he might be telling the truth, even if she's not ready to admit that to herself. You need to let go of the feelings, Mildred. You need to let go of the feelings and just trust your brain. Let it go. <laughs> she's, she's giving Yazerva a hard look. And she says, I, I don't know. You came here to talk to me about the past. Well, the past is exactly that. 
it's gone. You made the choices you made. And now we're here, in this sticky situation. And I don't know if you're to blame for what these touchstones are doing, but if you're able to give us some information about what's happening here, then I guess we'll take it. Jesper gets up from the chair and goes like, Well, I think maybe that's a great opportunity because, you know, I always say failures are chances to grow. What I mean is that maybe we can use this crisis that we're all in and all these, you know, problems we're facing to kind of recreate your trust in each other or rebuild in that. And maybe we can see whether whether you, you want to try to work like a team and then maybe you can work out your personal problems as well. Also, Jasper, don't you think he grew a lot? He's a giant. He made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> I don't I don't get the reference. <laughs> yeah. Free him and we we fight the enemies together. Yeah. You all want me to free this half giant right now. You want me to release him from these bonds. I'll find him quite nice. And what would we do with Yazadva once he's free? Let me ask you that. Because I don't see any reason now that we have this information why we can't still turn him right on over to Ross Aaronman. He doesn't need to know anything else about this. I mean, we can tell Ross about more of these things, but I don't know. Yezedva's on these grounds, and he's not supposed to be. And I don't know if I believe that he's been waiting around for eight years to talk to me. That's a hard pill to swallow. Eric raises his head a little bit. Um, Yezedva, you said you were just here for, for a talk, right? That's right. Do you think you had your talk? I guess, I guess I said what I came here to say. A little bit more of an audience than I had intended, but, uh, yeah, sure. So, what was your idea of doing after you had the conversation you wanted to have? I don't know. Here's the thing. It's been difficult to know what to do. My life is nothing but loose ends. I have Mildred here, who never answered my question that night. I have my clan back home. I'm supposed to be a leader there. Well, I'll put it this way. Have you heard of the You Save Accords? No, what? Oh, Magician Master, did I? <laughs> it was It was the I lesson did. that um, Loris taught you in your first cl class with Loris. Oh. Oh. The You Save Accords you learned from Loris are the accords that bind all like sentient magical beings to stay hidden from the non-magical world, not to like mess with the <laughs> with the non-magical world in any major way and to protect the world from magical threats that the non-magical world isn't able to deal with so you have kind of a obligation to do that as a upstanding member of the magical society and all sentient groups are a part of those accords and signed them many 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 years ago after You know, it used to be that magic was a part of the world and that caused major problems between the non-magical and magical societies. So the magical societies all got together and decided that was what was best. And they created these chords called the You Save Accords. You've heard of the You Save Accords? Yes, we did. Did you sign up for that? Well, <laughs> we all are members of the Accords. Pixie elves, humans. Oh, right. I'm, the, I'm in that too. Yeah. Yeah, you would know that. You would know that, Sassley, kind of. You, I don't know how well you ever paid attention to anything, but Sassley would kind <laughs> of know, and you did hear about them. 
So you've heard of the you save accords? Yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, basically, humans, pixie elves, centaurs, all deal with a certain size of magical threat, while the sentient giants, the Krakenoans, and the half-giants like me, who are more closely associated with their giant side, we have to protect the world against giant-sized threats. It's a lot to ask of somebody to be the leader, and I didn't finish school. I was supposed to learn magic and come back to my clan, but I don't, I don't know what to do now. I've been gone for much, much longer than I was supposed to be. It's been more than 10 years. Okay, Izzy, I have an idea. I have an idea for all of us. Okay. You want to help us figure this out and fighting this threat. That's also going to prove to Mildred that you're loyal and that you have feelings for her. Anyways, you're going to figure that out on your own. And I think that can prove it and we can all work together. What do you think? Well, tell me what you have in mind. I've been keeping a very low profile while on the castle grounds so that I don't get spotted by any other professors. That would be probably pretty bad for me, like going to jail bad. Oh, I wonder if you could figure out where the source comes from. Yes, maybe you could be a scout if he, you know, disguises himself as a salamander. And you figure out the castle. Okay, so you want me to turn into a salamander and carry the touchstone around? <laughs> I would find that very cute, but yeah. <laughs> and figure out where the other touchstones are. For example, what do you guys think about it? That's that's the moment where Eric takes a little look towards Mildred because it kind of feels like she isn't too happy about that idea in particular. You have very good instincts. Mildred looks very not pleased at that idea. <laughs> guys, please, until we have a better idea about where Yuzedva fits into all of this. Let's not give him such a hands-on assignment. All right, anyone have an idea? How about the following? Um, it's, it's, it's maybe a little bit complicated, but maybe it's just me and my exhaustion. Okay, um... Sometimes, Eric, you talk like a 70-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> because I kind of feel like it. All this fighting, I can't help it. Okay, how, how about that? We are kind of bound to to be around here, trying our best to, if we can find hits, to do that inside of school. The only one of all of us who's able to move more freely outside is Izertve. He said he created the touchstones for a bank. I don't know wherever that is, but do you think you might be able to collect information about what the bank actually did with the touchstones and such and like relay that information to us here in that case mildred here i i could go back to my workshop and see what i can find i'm trying to remember i'm gonna roll a world lore roll for yuzadva and I will not use my villain dice for him anymore. Aww. <laughs> um, nah, he's not actively being a villain um, at the moment. So Tell that Mildred. <laughs> hey, Maldo, he's not even using his villain dice anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yuzerva will roll world lore to see if he can remember, because this is kind of a world fact, like what bank it was, if he can remember anything about it. So if he rolls high, maybe he can give you a little idea. He 
says, I um, don't remember exactly what it was, but it was some kind of, uh, I think the bank had like three letters and they were Latin alphabet. Like maybe there was like a delta sign in there. Oh, guys, a delta, delta is a triangle, right? Like this. Is that a delta sign? And that is also on the touchstone, right? Wasn't there a symbol thing? Yeah. So now work with that, what I gave you. I don't know what, how to put that together. <laughs> But it's not Volksbank. <laughs> what was the name of that one group? Oh, where are my notes? Yeah. yeah, please. Well, I obviously know the answer since I got all the notes in my book. But Eric, why don't you tell them? Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is um, Einheit 7. That was the name. Yeah, Einheit 7. Wasn't it called Einheit 7? Einheit 7? Yeah. Zeren, yeah, right, right. right. Yeah, I had exactly Zeren. You said. And and the sign had a rectangle, and it had a a delta sign, and it also had a circle. Yeah, that that sounds familiar. And then Mildred takes the blue touchstone up close to him that has the sign on it and says, "Was it this?" And he goes, "Yeah, that was <laughs> that was the bank." I wonder if he also has a minus one to bookishness. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was—he didn't see it close enough to see that yet. He I was just waiting for one of you to show the touchstone. He just saw the color of the stone. Yeah, he only saw the color. All right. He said he remembered he made some kind of touchstones for this bank. Now we have the proof that this is the touchstone that he made. But that isn't a bank. That group isn't a bank. <laughs> Look, what I do is very high profile, and there's a lot of non-disclosure waivers that go into making something like a touchstone because it's usually very high profile items so to be honest i've been supporting myself on my own ever since i left school and yeah i maybe didn't do as thorough of a background check as i should have but i what what are you saying these people are mean okay <laughs> that's that sounds bad i wonder i mean they're connected to alps they have to be mean Mean isn't enough for that. Cruel. Let me get back to my notes. Rebellious. Evil. Weren't they sick of the magical world trying to hide? Yeah, you didn't read that, but you read that they were a cult that hasn't been around for a long time that believed in the unification of the material and shadow realm. Yeah, they, they were disbanded roughly 100 years ago, and whatever remained of that is unseen so far people knew it existed they knew there were the people but what happened after the disbanding nobody knows but seems like you stumbled across a few of them oh guys i wonder if flip has anything to do with that if not i'm really sorry i don't want to throw you under the bus and you're probably just the victim but i just know when he had the necklace when they put it around him He disappeared. So maybe this is also a touchstone. What do you guys think? Because we're trying to find four. Oh, I don't... Wait, what happened to this kid, Flip? I I wasn't there for any of this. I, I didn't see it. He disappeared, and instead of Flip, there were these dozens over dozens of druids. Well, the touchstones can do a lot of things, but they don't allow you to disappear into thin air. They're, they don't give you the power to teleport. So... I don't actually think that was a touchstone situation. 
sounds like something else was happening there. You say the amulet disappeared, and he looks at Mildred, and Mildred nods at him. It's like they have kind of a moment of understanding. Oh. It's, it's like Eric looks in between them for a moment. Okay, I, I guess we are missing something that you didn't miss. Would you mind to fill us in? Hey, hey, guys, guys, what you hiding? We're a team. We want to know. Mildred turns to you and she says, Well, I have to say I wasn't put, like intentionally holding this back from you. We've had touchstones and alps and druids and everything in between, and I thought that catching Yzadva would lead us to all of this stuff. I actually kind of thought he would have the amulet on him somehow, but um, that amulet was created a long time ago by an academic mage, and I don't really know what the purpose of it was, but it didn't work like it was supposed to. It was deemed too unstable and too powerful, so they brought it to Neudrachenberg to hamper its abilities. And here it's a very harmless item. It's called the Amulet of Intention, and it merely reads the intentions of humans and other creatures. So we use it to put people into their shields here, and it's always very public. So you want to say that the amulet reads the intentions, meaning these were Flip's intentions? Flip? Oh, he's huh? the evil one. I'm not sure that's accurate, Sassley. Okay, what's your thought? <laughs> <laughs> what's what's more fascinating is that it's an not completely developed magical item that's used. Yeah, it's for, forget about it. We are just students. Well, we know how it works here on the castle grounds, Eric. It's very harmless, and we've been using it here for many, many years, and it's kept very publicly, very openly, so there was never much of a chance that anybody could do anything with it, and certainly not get it off of the grounds. That shouldn't have been possible. Well, yeah, yeah, someone did. Very publicly, though. But yeah, it wasn't your fault. Wasn't really worried about it being my fault. So whose thoughts were that? Who talked to that amulet, then? Well, that's the question, isn't it? Yezzy, any ideas? Sorry, I, uh, I don't know, but look, maybe I can help you guys out and head back to my workshop and see what I can find out about this cult, as you called it, the Einheitseren. If they left anything with me, a uh, billing or something, they probably paid in cash, most of my customers do, but maybe I can dig up something or hear some rumors and I'll report back to you as soon as I hear of anything. But how you cannot find the castle anymore when you leave? That's right. Well... I'm sure, and Eric looks to Mildred, if he has the intention to help, I guess there's some way we can establish some kind of communication? Ooh, that would mean trust. And she looks to Mildred. <laughs> at least a try. Mildred looks at all of you, and she looks at Yazadva, and she says, there's only one thing I can think of. I don't love the idea, but I do have a magic car that can travel between the boundary of the castle. I don't think Yazadva would be able to get in to the boundary of the castle if he was in the car, but I could 
teach him the code words to have the car drive itself here with any messages that he had. But that would mean entrusting my sweet Volkswagen, beautiful shadow, to this man. Hmm? Hmm? Well, it's... it's a try. And if he really has the intentions he told us he had, it's a potential way to, I don't know, fix or rebuild things. I think it's worth a try, but that's that's just me. I'm not you. And let let us just quote what is written on your Volkswagen. Make potions, not war. That kind of hits Mildred. That kind of gets her. <laughs> I like that. I think that's <laughs> nice. Thank you. Nice. I think that's good. Mildred looks at the three of you and she's like, All right, you trusted me this far. So it's time I finally extended the favor, peanuts. Oh, I hope we didn't mess that Ooh, up. Yay! Yes. <gasps> we need driving lessons. Oh, can, can I sit in the front this time, please? I actually don't know if you guys noticed this, but ever since you broke Mildred's trust, she never called you peanuts again. I know! That's the first time that she's called you peanuts since you told her about disrupting her ritual. Yes! <sighs> Mildred walks over, looks at Yazerba, and she says, One more chance. I thought you... Sorry, I thought she's like, And you... I'm a walnut. <laughs> the peanuts and the walnut. <laughs> well, that would hit me. Oh, that would hit me. In the that's, heart. Our, that's our she's group name. That, she's not at that point yet, but she, where she would call him a walnut. She says that to Yazerva, and she scuffs up the chalk circle with her foot, breaking the binding ritual. And I think all of us, we get like big eyes and we are like, Cecily's ears, they're like so excited. They go up. They're like, oh. The hum of power that's been filling the room just boop, gone. The items that were in the circle, which were kind of radiating light, slightly glowing, they all fall over, <laughs> robbed of their power. The flower sits outside of the circle on the ground. Wow. That was. Very unspectacular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's much harder to create something than to destroy it. Oh, don't we know it. <laughs> so, Yazerva looks at you all and he says, I guess I should leave you all. Sorry you're in such a mess, but I'll, I'll do what I can to help. Uh, who's, who's seated in the middle between the three of you? Most likely Eric, because he sat between the two of them, looking at them each time. Okay. He sticks out a hand to you, Eric, to shake your hand. Eric will extend his hand as well. Your hand feels so itty-bitty as you shake Tiny his half-giant hand. And, uh, by the way, great work in that fight. You sure don't act like first years when you're in a pinch. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Although, I, I do feel like I was having a bit of an off day. I have to be honest about that. <laughs> well, let's let's... Put it to the count that you didn't want to hurt us. Well, we are strong with our Tawashak. You are strong. You are strong. Whoa, hey, keep those moves away from me. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, gently chucks you on the shoulder, sassly. <laughs> and then he turns to Jasper and he says, uh, Oh, and uh, 
that kindness geschenk thing on my salamander. That was brilliant. Well done. Huh. You know, I like to give friends some presents. Yeah, I don't want one then. But yeah, that's good. <laughs> you guys are an interesting group. Maybe you're just what the school needs right now. I want to give you something before I go. So, I have two master skill items that I can create. You already know one is a touchstone. It takes me a long time to make one. And it takes me a long time to make my other potion as well. And he pulls from underneath his robe a sparkling potion brimming with light. And he says, I'm a creature master, and I'm a potion master. And I guess that makes me a creation master, if you will. Oh. So this is my creation master. And stir is spelled S-T-I-R. <laughs> because I, I stir it when I make it. And the way that it works is I've combined the best of my abilities into this potion. If you have any kind of hair or substance from a creature, any creature that is a class level that equals how many constitution you have, you can turn into that creature. So when I'm at full constitution, I can turn into a class four creature, which is pretty cool. Uh, for all of you, you would be able to, at your level, I guess, turn into a class three creature as long as you were in good full health. Hey. Oh, except for you, Sassly. Sorry. Never mind. I like being myself. The only creature materials I had on me was this hair from a Rasselbach. So they're class one creatures. <laughs> so I was going to turn into a Rasselbach when I was down to one constitution. But I think with everything that you three, uh, four, are going to be facing, you should have it. I can make another one when the time comes around. And uh, he'll hold it out to anyone. Anyone reach, reach for it? <laughs> You you know I was the one collecting all this stuff for us all the time. Yeah, I'm 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 going to reach out. He hands it to you, Eric, and he says, "Take good care of it. Use it in a tight situation. But uh, if you ever come across a class three creature, make sure that you get a little piece of it to put in there. That can really make a big difference. So, yeah, we'll remember that. Thank you." Yuzadva walks over to Mildred, and he says. Okay, um, well, I'm off then. Mildred says, yeah, well, look. And she pulls her keys out of her pocket and she puts them into his big hand. And do they pause for a moment when their hands touch? You can't really be sure. Maybe. And she says, well, look, just click the key fob when you get out of the castle, okay? And, uh... Shadow will find you when you have something of import. And then she shows him a uh, complicated gesture to do with her wand. And she says, it's just this gesture. And you say, Heimwärts bound, Shadow. And uh, it'll find me. He says, okay, that's what I'll do. I, I'll promise I'll, I'll, do, I'll figure out a way to help you. And uh, maybe after that we can, well, we'll see, huh? And she says, yeah, we'll see. 
guys, I don't want to interrupt this moment, this precious moment right now. And Cecily goes in between them and she looks up. But you promised to help us move the furniture over there. Can you do that before you leave? Yusufa <laughs> 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 looks over at the desk and he says, sure, I'll I'll help. Thank you. Uh, Okay, no, no problem. It's right over here. And right over here is where the, is where the mirror is. So he he walks over to the <laughs> desk. He's like blushing a little bit. He's got the car keys in his hand. He puts the car keys in his pocket. And then he uh, pushes against that. Uh, it's a 16. So he did he did pretty good. And he's like, there's also just some mechanical, like he is a big guy. Mm-hmm. And he pushes against it. And you see his trained body. Just uh, strain against this. He's like desk. showing off a Mildred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he rolls up the sleeves a little bit. He's like, "Oh, sorry, the sleeves just get in the way." You know, I gotta roll them up. Wow. Uh, yeah, he pushes yeah. against the desk, and you see the veins popping out from the forearms, and he pushes arcs his back against it, and he's like, "Good lord, <laughs> oh my." And his feet slide out from under him, and he <laughs> falls onto the ground. He says, I don't think that can move. I, what is that? That is very odd. We cannot move it. We all tried it together. We cannot move it. What happened here? I, I don't know. I'm really, I'm not a furniture wizard. It's not my specialty. I'm pretty curious about this. The new magic school, the furniture wizard. Yeah, that's that's the seventh hidden Get hidden discipline. Get your comfy blanket and fight. <laughs> I don't trust the situation, and I will figure it out. I hope that you do, Sassley. We can do it again with all of our powers. I don't think it's gonna move, Sassley. <laughs> I, I see. <laughs> Just don't want to give up. So, I guess I'll see you all when I see you. Look, um, maybe you could all do me a. A favor, if I do end up helping you, and um, something good comes of all this, maybe you could put in a word with Ross Ehrenmann for me, and maybe he would allow me to visit the castle of my own free will in the future. We will, Yazzie. We can give it a try. We do our best. Right, Meldo? I'll think about it. I will, uh, I will think on that. And she is genuinely considering it. Goodbye, Yazzie. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Shieldless. And Cecily walks after him, and she's like, hold on. And then she grabs his leg, and she's like, I think it's appropriate. And she hugs him real quick on this leg, and she's like, take care. And then she goes back. You too. <laughs> Looks like you caught me twice today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. And he turns into a salamander, and he quickly crawls out of the room. He's so cute. He just goes right underneath the door, and you're like, well, dang, he could have done that <laughs> for real if we hadn't sealed that. When you all turn around, you see Sassley next to the furniture again, and she's like trying to push it. She's like, it has to open. I don't get it. So Mildred looks at the three of you, and she says, guys. I'm going to help you clean up this furniture tomorrow, I promise. But I am pooped. I think I need to sleep on this whole thing. Are you going to be okay tonight? 
I I think we'll be fine. I I mean our common room, so to say, is a mess, but luckily we are not sleeping in the common room. Right, we can just close all our doors, then we don't even have to see it. Oh yeah, <laughs> that reminds me. And uh, she walks over to a little arm of a chair that's been broken off, and she <laughs> puts it over the part of the couch that's like still slightly smoldering and on fire, and she says, "Vasser, Vasser." And it just turns into water and puts out the fire. And she's like, okay, that I just needed to deal with that real quick. Good night, you peanuts. We will deal with this tomorrow. Good night, Meldo. Good night. Good night. I hope here's a window to get all the smoke out. I will put a towel in front of my door. I don't want the water to get in. <laughs> <laughs> so Mildred leaves the room. Oh, she, and she, she sticks her head back in. She says, lock this thing behind me. I'm taking my enchantment with me. So she <laughs> leaves the room and goes back to her uh, back to her room with the set of yellow touchstones. She actually has all three touchstones right now, I guess. Mm. OK, closing the door to the common room, taking a look at the other two. I don't know about you or you, about you in general, but I will go to sleep good night eric sleep well yeah we'll we'll do you you too cecily i rejoin you and cecily goes into her room and she closes it and you can see like pieces of um towel <laughs> coming through it down because she's like i don't want any water to go into my room <laughs> <laughs> okay so you all hop into bed jasper and eric go into their bedroom and uh, go to sleep. And Jasper, for once, you can sleep in any bed that you want because you're no longer bound to Sassley. So, Eric. Yeah. What do you dream about? Mm. Are you having a nice dream? I, I actually think after all the things that happened, he's going to dream a fair bit about being home, about a point of time where... His little uh, bird, Tilly, was still there, singing a little song for him. Looking out of the window, just having a look on the street and the garden, he, um, I can actually imagine him seeing Cecily and Jasper coming to visit. You, you're having a lovely dream, and you're in the safety and comfort of your home with your pet bird singing all my little ducklings in a nice little... <laughs> Nice little cockatiel whistle, and Jasper and Sassley are walking down the pathway to your house to visit you. And everything seems so great, and this is how the world should be. And as they open the door, everything around you starts to turn oppressive. The sky turns dark. Jasper and Sassley are gone. They're nowhere. Your cockatiel starts to grow larger and larger. Fangs start to creep out of its mouth and it sings in a dark, dark falsetto. All my little ducklings. And it bursts out of the cage and flies at you. <laughs> this feels like a moment you would wake up. Jasper. Yes? In your dream, you are sliding through a dark place. You are alone. You are slipping 
through clouds in a desolate landscape. You are soaring through some sort of stream through the air, dark shapes flying past you faster than you can believe, and suddenly you're in a dark, closed-off space. You're yourself. You're not yourself. You are yourself. You're reaching for someone. Someone should be there, but you don't find anyone. You're just in a dark, black, empty space, reaching. And eventually, there's just nothing. Sassly, mm. you open your eyes. You are in a beautiful stone building with a high ceiling. The stone sparkles, and gold accents cover the large room that you sit in. The sun streams in through high windows, and the falling light catches the colored floor and the colorful banners that adorn the large circular hall that you sit in. You see that you're not alone. The room is visited by tall, beautiful people with pointed ears and proportionally sized feet. They have elegant faces and wear fine silks and clothing that speak of wealth and of a time long forgotten. You've never seen that style, the way the garments hang off of their bodies, but it's, it's beautiful, it's perfect, and it feels right to you. Of course, the most important thing about these people is that they all have large, beautiful wings. Like yours, but larger, stronger, fuller. You look above and you see these ancient elves using their wings to fly between hanging balconies where many more elves are seated, watching, spectating. You are seated on the right side of the room. In the center in front of the room sits an indescribably beautiful female elf. Honey hair drapes down to her waist as she sits in a gold and white throne. Her wings are magnificent turquoise and fan out to the sides. The chair is built just so that the arms of the chair are missing a space where the wings come out to either side, designed specifically for this purpose. She faces a small delegation of elves which are kneeling to her on the ground. You stare at this scene of splendor some long forgotten scene of majesty. Suddenly, you feel a hand on your shoulder. The woman in the seat next to you is the very image of the woman on the throne. She could only be her daughter. You meet her eyes. Her beautiful elven features look at you. They smile. And she says, Perkta, please. Your eyes snap awake to the sound of the bells ringing. It's a new day in Neudrachenberg Castle. JK, we rolling. It's magic out of control. Start running. It's coming. Our magician master is Michael Moore. Sassly Mary Nature Spring is Nadine Kuhn. Jasper Casper is Lucas Fisher. Eric Miller is Sebastian Kinder. Theme song by Aaron Richards with additional music by Ethan Anderson. Cover art by Pascal Genet. 
Well, I'm dreaming of a shadow creature-free school year, but I don't think I'll be getting my wish. And as the holiday season approaches, we hope you've been enjoying a few of the cool things we've dropped this past month, like glimpses at our special D&D Patreon-only adventure and an extra bonus episode. If we get enough support on Patreon, we'll be trying to release episodes like that more regularly, so be sure to check us out over there. You can also check us out on Instagram at jk.weird.rolling on facebook.com slash jkwerrolling or Twitter at jkwerrolling1. You can leave us a review using the links in our podcast description or just, you know what, search for us on iTunes and leave us a rating there. Your five stars are the antidote to our poisoned hearts. And that's it for today, folks. We hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, keep your head brain sharp and your wand at the ready. All right, Yazi, here's an idea. I didn't, I didn't get to finish my sentence. Oh, you're not... Sorry, no, please, oh my please gosh. Please keep going. Please. So, you've heard of the Yusev Accords? <laughs> yes. Sure. <laughs> yes. Well... <laughs> <laughs>